This is our culture frame. Today in this episode, we're going to be talking about representation. We're going to be talking about why representation matters and how it relates to broader society and broader culture. And so when we're talking about representation, um, we're going to be talking specifically about film representation and, and using examples um, from film to talk about why representation matters, but it's also linked to broader uh, things in culture, um, other media products. It's also linked to television. It's linked to commercials. It's linked to social media. It's linked to how we interact with other people and how we understand other people that exist within our society and within our world. Um, and so we want to talk about uh, representation because it's that important. And we want to talk about how it has been, um, particularly, as I said, in relation to film, how, you know, where it needs to go, um, but also what has been, um, what has been pretty good representation um, or three-dimensional representation is what we want to want to talk about. Three-dimensional representation um, representing people in their full sort of humanity as right. opposed to um, sort of thin superficial representation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to throw it to, to Abby to um, uh, have her kick us off on this conversation on representation. All righty. Thank you, Danielle. And yeah, this is Abby. I'm going to just go straight on. Um, so when we talk about representation, there's always that thing um, when you watch a film and there's a character who is, um, say, for example, I'm a, I'm a woman, right? So um, let's, let's start from Disney. Ooh, I really like this one. So Disney, you know, when, when, when we're kids, like, uh, you watch all these things like Snow White and, um, you know, uh, actually to digress a little bit, Chimamanda Adichie, who is a Nigerian, um, author talks about this. She said when growing up, she read a lot of books, um, and that were Western. So most of the books she read, the characters were Western. They were not African. They were not Nigerian. And her characters in her books, in the books she read, would drink, what was it? Ginger tea? Ginger something? I think it was ginger tea. I may be wrong. Right? <laughs> um, was it ginger tea? Because we, we drink ginger tea in Nigeria. It was some drink that we don't really take as much back home. Right? And so when she started to write, her characters would also drink that same drink, right? As the characters she read in, you know, this Western books. And that's what happens with representation. And, you know, when she grew up, she was like, oh, I'm sure she was thinking in her head. Now, she remember me, correct me if she ever listens to this podcast. <laughs> but I'm sure she was thinking in her head, like, why do my characters drink things like, I don't know, um, what, what do we drink back home um, in Nigeria? Like Fanta or Coke or Sprite or something. You know, why does it have to be this like bougie um, British drink, right? And what happens in representation is that when you don't see yourself, on, when you don't see yourself in a story, um, 
a couple of things go on, right? You either begin to assume um, the qualities of a character you see in a movie, but when you assume those qualities, there's a disconnect because you're like, this is not how I am in real life, right? And that's why people start to tell you stuff like, oh, stop living like you're in the movies. Like, this is a, this is not even real. Like, that person does not even exist, right? Um, but let me come back to the main point. I feel like I digressed <laughs> a lot. Now, a lot of times, um, especially for um, marginalized characters, um, I know people don't like to um, identify themselves as marginalized, for people who are not always on screen, so like people of color, like women being like bosses, and being bosses that are not really, I don't want to curse because we're not, you know, doing it on this podcast, and Danielle will fire me, but you know... <laughs> It don't be like that bad girl, you know. You're a boss, but you're also like I'm um, human. You know, you're strong, but you're also nice. You know, it's not very often that you see such rounded characters, right? Um, in films, especially if you're like a woman of color, um, but you're also a strong woman. You know, it's like to see that kind of rounded character is like, oh my god, this this hardly happens, right? Or if you, or even for men, right? We're always we're used to the Van Dams and we're used to the Steven goals you know shoot 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 bang 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 you know i don't cry and stuff like that you know but um so so how often do we say rounded character like a man who cries a man who is okay to be human and who shows his flaws who shows his weaknesses he's vulnerable but at the same time he's strong right so when that happens when you see a character who who has all of that stuff that's a three-dimensional character, right? You see their background, you see their family, um, you see where they're from, you see the motivation for their action, you also see their flaws, you also see their strengths, and that's where you begin to connect like, to that character. That's number one. Now, number two for three-dimensional characters is that also for people who don't see themselves often on screen, um, a lot of times when they are on screen, they're one-dimensional characters, right? So one-dimensional characters are characters who we don't know where they came from, you know? And this happens a lot too. Um, this is what it is. So I, I was about to say, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. This is really what it is in, in films, right? Especially in Hollywood, is that when you see um, people of color, um, people with disabilities, you know, marginal people really, uh, or people whose society has placed on the margins or history, historically have been placed on the margins, when we see them on screen, um, they're usually one-dimensional. It's like, yo, ain't nobody, doesn't this person have, have a family? Like, how <laughs> come the main character, like, how come the superhero or whoever uh, gets to have all this credit? Like, we know their brother, their sister, their mama, the the, the granddaughter, the whoever, mm-hmm. the daughter. Cat, the sheep, even the rabbit who lives next door, and the rat. <laughs> other uh, sidekick. We don't even know where they leave. They just come in, smile, and they go out. So, to give an example, there's a film called *Imitation of Life*. It was made by uh, George Stoll uh, in 1934. There was a remake later in 1935. Um, so, *Imitation yeah. of Life*. *Imitation of Life* is a uh, about this woman, um, uh, Louis Beavers, it's played by, uh, it's about Delilah Johnson, sorry, played by mm. Louis Beavers. Yeah, almost switched that up. 
Um, and so in, in the film, um, Delilah Johnson has this, she's a woman of color, she's a black woman. And this was during a time when, you know, um, of course, 1934, slavery had been abolished for a while, but it was a migration of people were migrating um, to the North, I believe, to look for like better jobs, right? Because they knew that was where um, people were more liberal. So if you move to the North and you're a person of color, you're probably going to get a better job. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's a big part of that. <laughs> about but maybe you get a better job maybe you, you're going to be paid better but there seems to be more opportunities so it's like mm. moving from, from the village you know to, to the big city right so she moves to the big city uh the only thing um delilah johnson again played by louis beavers um had the only thing she really had was she knew how, she knew how to make pancakes right she was also uh she was, she was gonna babysit she was gonna babysit for um this woman the role was played by claudia colbert i can't remember her name in the film because it's a very racist film miss b it's miss b but she was kind of nice but you know she still did a racist uh-uh um, she needs to get her life together <laughs> so um Delilah Johnson in the film brings her pancake recipe and, and uh, Miss B is like, oh, yo, this pancake tastes so good. And Miss B opens a restaurant, right? Now, we know Miss B, Miss B has a daughter. We know her husband died. We know there's this other guy who kind of would always come in and help her. Um, we know so much about Miss B, right? But Delilah Johnson, who is the one who brought in the pancake recipe that allowed Miss B to open this pancake business, we know nothing about. The only thing we know is that she has a daughter, uh, uh, a mixed race daughter, who is shy, uh, who isn't happy because she's very, very light skinned. So, so she wants to pass as white. And the reason why she wants to pass as white is because at that time when you're white, you get more opportunities, right? So, but um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I was just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay, it was more pronounced. It was more pronounced. <laughs> okay, okay. You can pull yourself by the bootstraps and walk hard, but at that time it was more pronounced. It was like, "Yo, if you want, you're gonna get jobs, you know. But if you're not, you ain't got. You're not gonna get anything, you know, that kind of stuff." But now, you know, we say everything is equal. Um, but the point there is, so we know more about Miss B. We know her background. We know her husband died. We know all the stuff. But for Delilah Johnson, who again, I just want to emphasize, and that's why the movie's really annoying. She's the one who had the pancake recipe, right? At some point in the movie, uh, Miss B actually says, hey, Delilah, um, you know, I'm going to give you this much money because... You know, you gave me the recipe to start this business. And Delilah is like, no, I don't need money. You can keep it. I just want to serve you. So it's a highly racist film because, again, like we said in the last podcast, it kind of um, represented people of color as, as having no ambitions. Your only ambition is just to serve. You ain't got no life. You don't have goals. You just want to be secondary, which isn't true. We know that, right? So Miss B had, let's say, to an extent, she was a three-dimensional character. We could see that she was really working hard to, you know, start this business because Miss B's husband had also passed away and she has to provide for her kids. So we could see all this motivation to who she is, why she's doing what she's doing. But for Delilah, the only thing we could see is, okay, yeah, she knows how to make pancakes. She can babysit and she has a daughter who's mixed race, right? No, so to give another example, uh, 
we'll talk about Black Panther, right? So the reason why a lot of people were excited about Black Panther, you know, it had like uh, a lot of people of color. It was written, um, was directed by a person of color, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler? Is that how to pronounce his last name? Yeah, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, hey, but, you said what? <laughs> Um, but also the thing I, okay about the main character Black Panther himself T'Challa um, played played by Chadwick Boseman is that we know so much about T'Challa he's a three dimensional character right he's from Wakanda he just has so much swag I had a crush on him for a while you know he's just embarrassed you know he has swag we know his mama we know his sister we know his ex-girlfriend like yo you guys that is huge for a person on screen. That is huge. Like we know so much about him. We see the environment where he's from. You know, we get to see his community. We get to feel his community. Like we feel Wakanda. You know, I like that scene where we see making people making um, barbecued meat, like suya. You know, it's. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so rich, right? We also see that um, he has superpowers, he can kill people, but he's also human, right? And he only kills people when it's necessary, right? Um, what else? Like, he, there's so much going on. And even for, for villains, right? Even for bad guys. Bad guys should also be three-dimensional characters because, like, we know, even in the real world, nobody's just, like... I mean, only if you're a complete, like, evil, evil person. Nobody's, like, just total, I just want to be bad and have no friends. Right. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's that's the thing is that we we as people, we expect in order to give people full humanity, like we were talking about before, you expect a person to have multiple dimensions to them. Right. And so this person is not just a brother, Um, Black Panther. He's also a son. He's not just a son. He's also a superhero. He's not just a superhero he was like his dad's bodyguard like he he had multiple dimensions that all link up but all make him t'challa they yeah. all him who he was as a or is as a character and that is huge to have especially in a film um that is a mainstream film especially there are a lot of there are some other films that you can see um i mean i can say uh daughters of the dust um by julie dash um you know love and basketball by gina prince buys wood shout out okay um you know we we can talk about these other films and and they have multi-dimensional characters but oftentimes these films don't get wide releases they don't get the billions millions you know hundreds of millions of dollars um in revenue partly because they don't get the distribution and they don't get the marketing um and they don't in in industries larger industries don't consider those films marketable um they also they don't consider those films as ones that are going to return on their investment right and so oftentimes you'll hear or see and and read in articles or hear uh from from executives that black people we can talk about marginalized people most definitely but particularly black people 
they don't consider as marketable for international audiences, right? Mm-hmm. International audiences are not interested in Black people's lives. Yeah. And I think not- Ooh, there's a there was a little bit of a dis- disruption there, but I think that's also because of the way the stories are reading. Like seriously, if I mean an international audience, and you're giving me the story of a one-dimensional character, yo, my life is already hard. I don't want to roll up into a movie, and, and and we've talked about this, Danielle. Like all stories about black people don't have to be sad stories, right? Like we're happy people. Usually, like we always find stuff to laugh about. We where we make jokes out of like tough things, not because we're insensitive, but because because you gotta keep going, right? But the way sometimes the stories have been reading, and I'm not talking about daughters of the dust and stories reading by people of color. The way the stories have been reading by people who don't understand those experiences sometimes and just want to make a move, a black movie, whatever that means. Sometimes it's so it there's a disconnect that you're like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> you know. Um but but the stories that actually do that whole representation, like Daughters of the Dust, you know, Love and Basketball and all of that stuff, yeah. Sometimes don't don't get the distribution and all that stuff because of so many things. It's all about money. Hollywood is is, is really about money making. So sorry for cutting you, just keep going. No, you're right. I mean, I want to go back briefly on uh, Imitation of Life because uh, I, th- I think you gave a very good example and also the example is pertinent in that it not only has the 1930s version but also the 1950s, right? And so in the 1930s, 1934, you get this just very oddly uh <laughs> Over the top racist sort of uh, film. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> like, this podcast will be an hour. Don't get me started. That was a nice movie. Like, it was supposed to be that movie of oh y'all. So we're trying to bring people together. Um, and it was still like over the top, just so wrong. You know. Right. Sorry. And it is. It's like it's 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 pretending to be this film about um, I don't want to say acceptance. It's it's really not a film about acceptance, un- unless you <laughs> un- unless you say that 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 you know Delilah is accepting her place, which is which is what essentially it's about. Um, is promoting it's it's promoting you know moments in the film she'll say you know baby i don't know why you born black i the good lord just just put it on you i don't know why he did it but you know you're black and so you just got and it's like why is this why, why is this the, the representation going back to representation it feeds and is fed by uh, sort of cultural norms and it's and it feeds and is fed by ideology and so mm-hmm. we're talking about this ideology especially 1930s um, you know where, where we still have segregation in education in 
day life in public anywhere we we're we're um showing this separation of of races right this the separation as logical this separation oftentimes as divine right as as natural and so, right and so, that's where religion comes in, right? That's where people have uh, used, like, oh, you know, the Lord made different consonants. <laughs> so that... <laughs> Ridiculous. So that black people stay on, on their side of, of life, which is Africa, and, you know, the rest of us will just stay on our own side of life. But, hey, just a disclaimer. This this was... this. Um, we're not saying, like, this is what everyone who is not a person of color thinks. We're just saying this was the uh, philosophy that was propagated at that point in time and it was made to look like it was okay so if you're a person of color your role was just to accept that you're secondary right, right. then this way of thinking which is an ideology or an ideology is a way of thinking right so this way of thinking was uh, propagated in films and they used films to tell people in society, this is how we need to think. So if you're a person of color, accept it that you're secondary, right? And if you're not, accept it that uh, if you're not a person of color, um, accept it that your role is to be that benevolent, nice person who gives hands out, handouts to, to, to black people, but you still don't, they're still not equal to you. So, you know, it's, it's a way of thinking that you teach people, like, and then it, it becomes accepted in culture, right? And it, it, the ham, and this is why film studies is important, the ham is that because we, when we watch films, we, we, we take things in. And if you're not critical of what you're taking in, what happens in society is people will take this way of thinking and they'll be like, oh, I guess, you know, that's that's how it's supposed to be. And not only, it, it's, it's a give and take. It also reflected the way people were already thinking, you know. So it's not as if um, when we watch films, we're just static and we, we, we don't process what we're looking at. It's two ways. Films project what, what's happening in society. And it also... Um, can influence how we think about certain things like representation, right? And so the danger that did was there continues to be this thing in Hollywood um, where it was just okay to represent certain people as one-dimensional characters, right? So characters who served, right? Uh, again, if you read Bogle's book, um, Ton, Kuhn, Mulattoes, and Mammies, you know, most of the characters from that time, and we're still struggling with that today, if you're a person of color, you're a servant, you die first in the movie. <laughs> um, That's true. You, yeah, you know, yeah, they'll take over. But, you know, that's the problem. It's like, we're like, um, I'm sure that's not how it is in real life. In real life, I'm a CEO, you know. And I was going to add another word to that, but I'm a CEO. I'm not dying first anywhere. Right. I mean, and, and the, the, the other thing in real life, as Jordan Peele has shown us, is that I'm not going to look in the closet when I know there's a monster in there. There's, there's just, I'm not. But you want me, you know, in 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 this sort of representation to be the scapegoat. And what uh, Jordan Peele and others have said about uh, Get Out, uh, which, uh, yeah, okay. specifically, um, in Get Out, people said that's <laughs> it's a black horror film. Why? He 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 had 
legitimate. He wasn't, you know, running and and screaming and standing, right? When he got out, he was going. His the only reason he turned back was because of uh, of something, an emotional and a legitimate emotional connection to this person. He just he just hit with a car. The maid, right? The and so, and so, these types of representations for 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 years, people, you know, especially black people going to to the theater, you know, you can enjoy a horror movie that's perfectly fine. But as my dad often says, he thinks they're funny because they're so. Why are you standing in the middle of the street screaming while this person <laughs> is walking slowly towards you with a knife? It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. And so that's that's one thing that I think Jordan Peele in his uh, depictions um, sort of tapped into is this this disconnect between just absurdity. And, and generally speaking, oftentimes in film, uh, when we're talking about uh, black people uh, for, for, for better, for worse, black people are not... Um, uh, afforded the 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 range of representation where them being absurd is positive or productive for uh, representations. Um, so so I want to give an example such as um, films with like the older films where the black people are comic relief. Well every film where black people are comic relief um and nothing else right Um, the one film is uh the littlest rebel with shirley temple um where where, uh you know the black servants generally they're super loyal to 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 the the masters even you know in the midst of the civil war um or they are, you know, uh, are ridiculous, um, not intelligent, um, and their intelligent is only goes so far as like a three-year-old. Um, further than that. That's so true. And I had like I have this crazy idea, a crazy example. So um you guys well I said you guys. So you've seen the equalizer, um the first one, um uh, major character Denzel Washington. And it's an action film and in in a normal situation or if I was in an academic conference, I actually wouldn't compare the equalizer to the littlest rebel. But something just occurred to me. I think the reason why I like that film so much, if you've not seen a film, it's a, an action film, it's just shoo 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 blood and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's played by Denzel Washington. And I think I figured out why I like it. I like it because so compared to the characters that we had in the nineteen hundreds, right, where black people were just comic relief they were there to dance they were there to say yes no okay and we're talking about hollywood you know majorly now yes no okay yes sir yes ma'am you know and you know they were basically displayed as stupid and low thinking now in the equalizer denzel doesn't ask anybody questions Mm. he's like i'm here to shoot 
And so the difference there is he has his own agency. Agency means you have your own right and you're exercising it to do whatever you want to do. So Denzel walks into a room, no matter who is in there, he takes charge. If you figure out you're the bad guy, you're gone. I like also like the film because compared to other action films, he's not asking questions. It's not like, oh, uh, so are you the bad guy? Which one of you is the bad guy here? He's like, oh, you're the bad guy. Pam, pam, I'm gone. Right. You know, so it's like a, a, a switch there. He's like, he has control. He has power. Right. And he knows what he's doing. He's also very intelligent. Because um, like the Kingsman, so the Kingsman is this British movie where they also like kill people with like, I'm exaggerating, like matchsticks. They could bring out a matchstick and I don't know, everybody's dead exactly, right? <laughs> like the Kingsman, this is a black man who is equally intelligent or more, you know, in that way where he knows how to take people out within seconds, right? And he's just cool doing it. So I just thought about that example, sorry. Yeah, and I, and I think it's completely like relevant in that um, when you think about the equalizer and um, Denzel Washington's character, he fights, I don't know, however many people at once in the room, and he's calculated. In order to do that, it's, it's not... Um, you know, brute strength is is not what he uses. Yeah, it's none of that. It's it's okay. African. I was born in the jungle, so I know how to kill. Kind of racist representation. It's related. Yeah, exactly. He's essentially playing chess with it's violent chess. Granted, but. He's he's essentially playing. He's he's calculating the next move. He's calculating how he's going to get to the ultimate goal, which is the the killing the main guy. But you know, still and yet, representation matters, right? Um, is is the bottom line? Is that um, when we're thinking about ideology and and the ideologies that um, black people uh, are unintelligent, right? This idea that Black people have only a certain capacity of intelligence and can't go further than that. And and white people, on the other hand, to, to, to have this sort of binary look at this, um, that is, has, has been perpetuated. In that, white people generally would start at a higher level based on this, this racist, like this racist idea, will start at a higher level of intelligence and have a higher capacity, right? And so if you continue to show that and demonstrate that in film, showing that black people can do nothing but, um, you know, provide, again, comic relief or mm-hmm. um, are only able to do sort of manual, labor that doesn't you know and that that has nothing to do um, thought processes and and uh solving complex um problems and issues if you continue to perpetuate that if you show that on um social media if you show that in films if you show that on television especially where you don't see a lot of interaction, you know, cross racially, right? It's, so if, if we're thinking about the 1930s 
Um, and this segregation granted uh, people, especially those who are, are might be wealthier, be able to have, especially white families are able to have like black maids and, and cooks and all these different things. But the interaction there is limited, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're only seeing the representations that you see on film are the maids and the the um, the cooks and you know the 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 people who are doing sort of uh, hand labor. Um, how, how? What other way would you think about these same people? Right. Um, I mean that that's just straight up real. Like even me, like being from 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 Nigeria. Um, I had someone tell me, uh, man, this podcast is getting real. But <laughs> I had someone say, uh, "Oh, you must be from a from the rich side of Nigeria because of the way you think." Um, so what does that say? So, like, you, you, you're trying to say that an average Nigerian or an average African can't think the way I think because they're poor, right? And I, I can say this because I was a context to this conversation, so I, I kind of know where the person is coming from, you know. So an Nigerian has to think poor, and uh, you know, they, they they just don't think smart, they don't think intelligent, they don't think like they have they have a scarcity mentality, um, so they don't think in abundance and all of that stuff. But because I didn't think that way, I was just like, oh no, I, I don't think that's. I was like, oh, then you must be from the rich side. And I'm not from the rich side. I mean, I wish I was, because I'd be wanting to go to Starbucks and swipe my card all day. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have, you know. Um, but when when he said that, I was like, I, I don't blame you when we see commercials. So it's, again, talking about how represent- why representation is important and how we project people in media and in films and on social media and all of this media is important. It's because it really impacts the perception people have of a culture. It, it also contributes to what we call stereotypes. You know, stereotypes like, oh, Asians know math. And um, if, you know, this is how men have to behave. Uh, men don't cry. Women shouldn't be too strong or stupid stuff like if you're a woman and you're you're too strong or something then you're acting like a man something something dumb like that whatever um i i, I got off key but the representation uh um, that people have of africans like you know trevor noah has this joke every time there's a there's a commercial raising funds for hungry kids in africa there has to be a fly there's a fly. The fly is on duty. That when is the, the same. That same fly is on every commercial. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give the fly a name, Jeremy. Jeremy has to come and, and sit on the kid's face. You know, it has to perch in between the kid's eyes or, or somewhere, somewhere around the eyes and the nose, right? And the kid, you know, also is like looking very skinny and like hungry. And I'm not saying this is not a real situation, but that's not right. right. Not all of Nigeria, you know, but people take these things that they see on, on screen, and then when you see you, they project it. Now, we know as humans, we love to project. I just figured that out. We so love to project, we project things all the time. So, when you see someone from Africa, you're like, OMG, uh, maybe they're, they're fam- maybe they're friends with Jeremy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
hanging out with Jeremy down the street. Hey, where's Jeremy? So, you know, so representation matters a lot. So I, I was just adding to what you were saying that, yeah, what we see in films, whether we like it or not, and it's not saying, you know, there's this media effects, whole literature, like, or we just sit down and whatever we consume impacts us. It's not as straightforward as that. Right. It's kind of, uh, it flows. It's a, it's a cycle, right? But what we see does affect how we think. I think that's the sermon. And next time you're watching a movie, Danielle and I do this a lot. You shouldn't come watch movies with us. We laugh in movies, so I laugh in movies. Watch <laughs> out for the person of color, especially if it's a major Hollywood blockbuster. Um, things things are starting to change gradually now, actually. But but still watch out. Or you can watch older films. When you watch older Hollywood films, watch out for the person of color. How long do they last in the film? It's an action film. Do they die first? Do we know a lot about them? You know. So we're just encouraging you to like start to like enjoy the film, but start to see how this representation works. It's like even for Mexicans, we know, um, I don't want to go super political, but we know the rhetoric on like how our president in the US of A talks about Mexicans, right? And I watch cartoons, like uh, when I watch uh, even animation sometimes, the bad guy sometimes seems to have a, a, a Mexican accent or a Russian accent. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We're already, this is a problem. Like, I'm actually super passionate about this. Like, we're conditioning kids, even before they start to speak, to, to figure out when I hear something foreign or I see someone, uh, a person of color, uh, it means danger. It means a kind of difference that I shouldn't be comfortable with because they're the ones doing negative stuff, even in animation, even on Cartoon Network. Like, this is a huge, huge, huge problem. And this is why we do film studies. For those of you who think we just watch Netflix, this is why, this is why we do film studies. But and it's a huge problem. Yeah. And and one thing that I, I just want to point out is that when you think about this problem, you know, a lot of times when, when people watch horror films and kids are, are scared and everything like that, they say, oh, don't worry, it's just a movie. So I, 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 I understand that phrase. I understand what it's, it's getting at. It's, it's trying to lessen the impact of the film. But the matter of fact is that these things that are shown in film, these things that are, are represented in film and how people are shown and, and the, the positives and negatives and the, the, the dimensionality of characters, relates to real life it relates to discourse it relates to how people then talk about these characters or talk about these types talk about these types of people talk about these differences right and the the film in and of itself as abby has said repeatedly we are not just you know, sort of zombies taking in visual images. That's not it. We, we have agency, we have minds, and we can think. However, when you're so socialized, I want to say, um, or if you're, if you're grow, you are taught throughout your life in a particular sort of way, and these images, whether they're fiction or not, these images sort of reinforce what you've been taught or reinforce what you've heard in discourse, what you've heard on the news. On the news, half the time, you know, there's 
somebody kill somebody and and you're like oh i hope it's not a black person because yeah this happens in school all the time (laughs) time. and and i will tell you you know going in 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 college as an undergrad when we had we had you know a couple of security events or, or things like that and every single time i would it it was as if like it was me they were coming after because it's it's that sort of representation. It's like, oh my goodness, it was another black person. And that black person does not represent the entirety of black people. However, for this for this discursive discursive environment and for the ideologies that are pervasive, and I'm using way too many words, but for the, the ways that we talk about Black people and Black people have been talked about and represented, that Black person then represents the rest of us. Why? Because it's reflected onto us the, in, the, in the way that people think about how certain people behave, right? And and that's that's the importance that is why representation that is why we study film not in that we sit and watch netflix as as abby has said (laughs) um it's in that we're looking at history we're looking at discourse we're looking at ideology we're looking at culture and how society organizes itself and how film relates to that Whoa, I love that. That that's that splendid. splendid. <laughs> we need round off. We wanted to make this shorter, but it's already long. But I love it. And actually I, I don't think I wanna add anything to what you just said. I think you you, you put that very succinctly. That's how to pronounce the word. And then Annie's using big words because you know, she's been reading a lot. <laughs> <Too much. Okay. laughs> Yeah, but I think I think that was a good yeah, I, and the fact that um, one thing about representation is that when it's not properly done, one person gets to represent the whole culture, right? Mm-hmm. When when we say that people have privilege, it means that you have the agency to be who you want to be, and who you want to be doesn't represent your whole culture. But for a lot of times, you know, for Africans and people of African descent when you do something, yo, he represents the whole community. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, when yeah. you see someone in the news, or you see, um, let me let me try to give an example. Like, you're at the airport. That means myself, I'm at the airport. I see this person, I'm like, I feel like this person is Nigerian. That knows, yay. That <laughs> you know, I can tell. Man. And then the person maybe does something, um, as we check in TSA, I, I'm, I'm nervous because now I'm like, you're going to think that's how all Nigerians are. Like, I meet people and they're like, oh, do you know the African prince thing? So, you know, that thing where people say I'm an African prince, send me money, whatever. You know, and they ask me that. I'm like, first of all, I'm not even a prince. I'm a woman. Why are you telling me? <laughs> but it's, you know, it's the same thing. Um, it is the same thing. Like, Danielle, like you said, with, with uh, um, the, the alerts about, like, security and, you know, the black male hoodie, five foot six, something like that. You start to be like, oh, my God, I hope someone... We actually make this joke when you're in a hoodie. You know, you're like, I hope someone doesn't think I'm the person just because I'm in a black hoodie and nobody can see my face. You know, um, so... But that's why representation is important is because... 
then when you're properly represented, you're free to be you. You don't feel like you have that burden to represent the whole culture. You can be human. And being human means you're great and sometimes you make mistakes. But when you make mistakes, it's not culture, you know. But I, I didn't want to ask what you said. I liked your, your conclusion. So I'm just gonna stop and, and you can you can round up. Like let's we gotta go. We got to go. Yeah, we we definitely have to go. One more thing that I wanna add is that we talk, we've been talking about representation and we've given particular examples in film. Um, but I, what I want to make clear is that representation, part of, part of representation is that you have a wide range yeah. of yeah. images. You have a wide range of imagery. So you can, the, the black person, black people can be funny. They can be serious. They can be goofy. They can, you can be all of these different types of characters. You don't have to be, and you shouldn't have to be this one type. And that's, that's where representation matters. Representation is not just, is not going to happen in just one film. That's, that's unrealistic. And that's, that's not going to happen because that is not representation. Representation, as Abby said, is is allowing the 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 successes and the failures and the faults and all 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 that is humanity um and so that's where we want to wrap up um thank you all for listening once again uh this is our culture frame please join us for our next episode thank you